1: Thank you very much, Sean Angle there, keeping everything uh, locked down here at the station. I'm Cam Stewart, along with my buddy, Long Island Rage, George, Colonel Kurtz. I'm the Raging Redhead, and uh, yeah. Thanks uh, for Gabe for dropping by before he hits the FanDuel Sportsbook, betting on some Alliance uh, action in football. We got some crazy, crazy, crazy games going on in college basketball. They're tipping off at about uh, 12.07 time right now. Conference tournament starting. It should be a very interesting day. Some teams need the win. Some teams are just kind of try some new things, some new wrinkles, you know, uh, basically teams that are already in the tournament. This is what the angles that we're looking for there, George. Basically teams that need to make a run and uh, teams, some teams, that you know what I mean? They're desperate and those are the play on teams but a lot of these teams just want to make sure they play you know some other bench guys give them some minutes if they're in a situation there maybe run some new plays and new wrinkles because you don't want to get big players uh, hurt before the big tournament and conference tournaments some have started and for the big ones right around the corner you don't need any uh, any bad problems like look what Duke was a freak accident with Zion Williamson but any more uh, star players if you go down before the before the big dance that's a real problem so I think a lot of f- uh, feeling out and taking more dogs leading up to to, uh, you know the big tournament
2: yeah well, it's the equivalent of why what nfl teams they don't play their regulars when they don't have to at the end of the season right you yeah know, you don't want to get your stars hurt to the playoffs it's also why in fantasy leagues yeah, you know, we, we try and advise people don't count the last week you know if you're playing in the nfl we don't count week 17 baseball we don't like to count that last week if possible maybe in rotisserie league it's fine but in head-to-head you don't want to do that
1: No, so uh george how did i know you got another draft i have another draft coming up and stuff like that how the baseball go we talk about uh a lot of the pitchers clayton kershaw with the injuries a lot of question marks i know bryce harper playing for the philadelphia phillies third in the lineup today against the blue jays in the dh position should be interesting stuff but uh most things going according to plan i know we talked about catchers tough tough times earlier when we did the show sal perez out so that's another good catcher not on the board there but things kind of playing out as charged what kind of surprise you i I guess because you've done a few already uh, maybe some guys who reach for players some guys that went uh, higher than you thought lower than you thought i know we'll have some uh, baseball chat a little bit later on, on in the show but uh, you and uh, joe the fish galeen and a couple other guys have already uh, you know put your stamp on baseball with many more drafts to come
2: yeah, uh, this is going to be, uh, I mean, we're, we're at March 9th now. The season technically starts March 20th. There's games in, uh, in Japan, uh, Oakland and Seattle. They will have a two-game series on the 20th and 21st. So a lot of leagues are trying to get done before then. Although it doesn't bother me if you draft after the 21st, before the 20th, before the real start of the season here. So I'm good with that as well. So, uh, yeah, I have a draft uh, Wednesday my home league. I got a draft for Rotowire. I think it was just, literally just said about an hour ago on the 21st. That's a, an auction. league. That's a heavy league. That's uh, 18 teams, 40 man rosters. Uh, you're allowed to keep 15, uh, 15 uh, players from the season before uh, and also 10 minor leaguers. So like I said, it's a crazy uh, league, here, but it's a lot of fun to play. What
1: in. kind of cap? So what, what kind of cap you guys deal with? Still 260. 260. So what would Trout go for probably in your league? Well, with inflation, he's going to go for 60, 70 bucks.
2: Yeah, uh, when auctions, the prices go high. If you're in a first-year auction, he probably doesn't quite go that high, but uh, he—I don't think he'll be kept because generally it's too much money, and everyone will go crazy bidding on him. There'll be teams obviously that have more money than other teams because if you're keeping 15 players, well, obviously you're keeping whatever salary they are. The minor leaguers don't count. A pure minor leaguer is zero, but uh, once they get promoted, you know, they're not a minor leaguer anymore. They'll count next season. So that's the way that it works. So Vladimir Guerrero, assuming he was bought in an auction and not bought. As uh, soon, soon as he was uh, drafted as a minor leaguer, not bought during the auction, now people will do that. They think he was going to play last year. He can be kept this year for zero, and then he gets promoted. He's three dollars for next season. So I said it's a it's a fun league, uh, but guys like Trout, Scherzer, Betts, you know. Actually, I think Betts the keeper in this thing. But if they wasn't, inflation drives up prices by about 20 percent over a normal auction, and that's just the way it is. If you when you're playing in some kind of keeper or dynasty league, uh, prices go up for players like that because more, some teams have more money than others, and they want that player. They can afford that player while others can't. If it was in a straight auction, my guess is Trout goes around 55, somewhere on the, around there. Not in all leagues, of course. If someone's doing a stars and scrubs strategy, which means they're going to try and get five to six stars and fill out the rest of the roster with one dollar players, that's, that's what stars and scrubs is, then they can easily try and uh, they'll make sure they win Trout. They'll make sure they win bets. Maybe shares a... You know Once again, they're going for the three, uh, five to six stars. The rest going to be dollar players here and try and win that way. And once again, that can drive prices up. You never know what's going on in a league. The best thing about an auction cam is that no one can whine anymore. Oh, I couldn't get Trout. I couldn't get Betts because I didn't yeah. have the first or second pick. Sure you can. Spend all the money <laughs> you want. You on both.
1: It's a great point. Exactly. You know what I find though in auctions, and I told you I'm in the big league, and the reason I'm probably going to stay in the league or get a representative, even though I told you like things are getting out of control with some people with fights and all, all sorts of other stuff because the money is so big. I got Mahomes, so when I drafted Mahomes for four dollars, you know, about a rookie, I was actually taking a flyer because back then I knew he's going to be sitting behind Alex Smith for a year, but. With his season, I have to, like, when I have a quarterback that good, you know what I mean? And I can franchise tag him. You can basically, after a draft, you could have him for four years. I'm basically going to say, you know what, man? This guy's my guy. I can build around him. But, yeah, it's just uh, the auction league, I find, though, the one thing is I find it gets personal with people a lot of the time. Like, if somebody, like, maybe this is just my league, but I find that, like, one guy who took another guy from a guy, like, people have their people that they go after and they kind of drive things up but you're right anybody oh, yes. could jump in at any time you could pay whatever the hell you want but i find personal relationships like one guy it gets you, you get to see i've been in this league for a long time guys going okay well this guy consistently tries to drive up the price on this guy this guy is getting pissed like they have problems in their real life and they bring it to the auction and it gets pretty stupid and then you uh, add alcohol and it gets worse george
2: <laughs> I wrote. Uh, it's, it's funny. This week I wrote an auction tips piece, and although I didn't specifically get to that, I did write that you have to know your opponents. And what I meant by that is, in your home leagues, you'll know somebody's a Met fan, that they always want their Mets, and you can price and force on those guys. You know, if they have whatever Conforto for twenty four dollars, you bet twenty five. They'll go twenty six. You bet twenty seven. They go. They got, They want that player. It's, it's a bad way to play if you're a guy who's just, I have to have my Mets. You know, I have to have my Giants, my Angels, whatever it is, whatever team you like. But the, in home leagues, you will get guys like that or girls that want the, the hometown team, the, uh, the team they root for. And you, like I said, you can drive the price up on those people. And there are certainly rivalries. Uh, that, well, Once again, what you're talking about, where people just always want to snipe a certain person. For whatever reason it might be, they may not like them. They may enjoy doing it, needling them. You know, that sort of thing happens in poker tournaments, too, is somebody you just tend to pick on. Oh, yeah, poker?
1: Definitely. Great, happens. great point, George. Yeah, you get, you get that one guy. He's like, this guy screwed me for big money before. It's like it gets personal. That, but the, but the auction league, in my opinion, and you, you're, you're God, you're in a hell of a lot more baseball. I'm only going to be in like probably one or two max this year. Uh, it's it, the auction league is the fairest league though because yeah, you you know what I mean. You 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 spend the money, you pay it's, uh I I like it. I'm I'm a big fan of the auction. I just wish the league that I wasn't in wasn't so high priced because it kind of brings out people's worst. But it, in essence, it's the fairest I think too.
2: It is, like I said, the the idea is no one can bitch. You can't complain that I couldn't get this player because I couldn't spend the money. Sure you can. You know, you you, you certainly can get anybody you want. I get it why uh, people don't don't like or prefer auctions over snake drafts. Because if you have the eighth pick in a snake, yeah, you're not getting my trout. You have no chance in hell. All right, it's not happening. So I I get it. I prefer snakes for one reason and one reason only. With an auction, I can't block out an entire night. You know, and oh my God, it's auction's gonna take. Some of these auctions will take five to six hours, easy. Because guys take forever, they're always waiting till the last second, you know. Going once, going twice, going. Oh, three dollars. Okay, we start. We gotta start all over again.
1: <laughs> you know, and get, you get you'll get every
2: every draft. who do that.
1: George we had to start our draft we used to start it at, at uh, four o'clock in the afternoon the football one and we'd be walking out of the club usually we rented a, a facility at 340 sometimes after four o'clock in the morning then we started it at one we're still getting out at two so now it's like uh, it's, it's no, that because there's so many we have two different divisions there's so many people there's a lot of money involved now we do like a like a, a breakfast we start at like 11 and then usually get out of there at midnight it's a whole day like it's crazy like it takes up a lot of time all these guys too not like me but they do smoke breaks and hey, uh, let's bring out some more meatballs. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole day. Like, I think a lot of people, they just do it because, uh, you know, they're slaves to their family and wife or whatever, and they like to get out for the day. But it's like, literally, we could do it for, like, 12 hours. It's, it's insane. That's nuts. <laughs> it's
0: that, so that, that's nuts. That's yeah, a little
1: too much. That's yeah, that's it, another problem that I have with it. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Like, it doesn't have to be this long. We shouldn't be rolling out, a, a, out of a banquet hall at 4 o'clock in the morning. We've got to go to work tomorrow. Like, that's just stupid.
2: <laughs> Smoke breaks, pee breaks. You know? Everybody's got stuff for every reason. We, I, oh, yeah. This was only an industry auction once that we had to stop because one of the guys had to go pick up his wife from the train station, and apparently, by the way, this that's, wasn't an emergency. Funny. This was planned. That apparently, the commissioner knew this, but didn't tell us all. So yeah, we had to wait like forty, no, minutes. Honestly, I like, gonna,
1: 40 minutes. I, like, I, said, I don't want to be like, heartless. I had to wait forty minutes. But- that guy's out of the league. You can't do that in a draft. That's just – that's a disrespect to people's time. I'm, I'm sorry. like I, That's unacceptable. Find someone to
2: draft that's for you day. then for 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I've had to do that. Last, year, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <I> know. <laughs>
2: last year during that, that same brutal. league, by the way, my wife, uh, it was a big snowstorm, and uh, she couldn't get to work, and I had to go take it to a friend's house. And But I got on the phone with a buddy of mine, Chris Mitchell, who uh, has been on this show or been on one of our shows. He works uh, for other experts. And I said, Chris, listen, can you take over for me? You know, for a half hour, 40 minutes, whatever it might be, an hour. And he did. He hopped right on to go for me. I trusted him. I knew what he did. And uh, away it went. Yep. I wasn't going to make people wait an hour for me or whatever it might be until I get my wife uh, to where she had to go. I, I said I would never ask that. I wouldn't feel it would be fair to that. I wouldn't be fair. If Cam, you're in the league, I wouldn't think it would be fair to you to make you wait at like 10 o'clock at night, which is about when it was, you know, to make you wait for me to get back. And I wouldn't think that's right. I just, I just wouldn't feel good about asking you that so uh exactly. i do we're it for it's you colonel
1: curse because i like you i'd like you but i, I don't like people yeah you should you shouldn't be do- doing that type of stuff and yeah that's why we have a lot of problems that league things like that happen all the time and the winning team gets like 30 grand as i told you like temp tempers tempers are going to flare i know we're going to talk baseball a little bit later but is there any way that you don't take uh mike trout first like i'm looking at uh, some some other uh, industry leagues george i know you're in a lot like mookie Betts. it seems to be kind of the consensus second overall pick like it goes trout bets but would anybody go bets over Trout? Hey, Trout. A lot of the time, man, I love Mike Trout. Like, don't get me—he's my favorite player in all of baseball. But, you know, the injuries—it could happen. Mookie Betts in that park. Would anybody take bets over Trout or is Trout just consensus? One, 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 one. Wherever you go, it's always the the Kingfish. Mike Trout is number one. Or would anybody take a shot with Mookie Betts over him?
2: In every, uh, I've done probably as far as live drafts and mocks so far. I've probably done about 8 to 10 so far. And every draft I've seen is actually the first three I think have been the same in every draft. Trout, Betts, Jose Ramirez. So in my mind, the draft gets yeah. interesting at number four. That's when, the draft, that's when the draft really starts in a snake at number four. Now once again, this is only in uh, redraft leagues. You're in a keeper, a dynasty league, things can change. But in, in all redraft leagues, it's always been Trout, Betts, uh, Jose Ramirez. I mean, listen, you could be in a situation, Cam, where you're playing in five leagues, and you got the number one pick in all five. I hate people like you, but it happens. Matt Modica, our uh, our buddy here, he, I remember when I was working with him, he was, oh, I got the number one or number two pick, and he had him in four leagues. I want to like, strangle him because I can't get it in one. You know, he had him in four leagues, and what he did was he still wanted to spread the risk a little bit. He didn't tra- take Trout. In the uh, I think he had two leagues, he had the number one pick on back-to-back. They took Trout in one. I don't remember who he took in the number one or the other, but it might have been Clayton Kershaw back then or you know, whatever it was. And uh, I told him I wouldn't do that. I would I would take Trout number one and all, but I understood his logic. Spread the risk a little bit. He's still getting a great player in Clayton Kershaw or whatever it was. I don't know if it was Kershaw. Uh, but he's still getting a great player. I would, Personally, if I get the number one in 19 leagues, I'm having my Trout in 19 leagues. It's that simple for me. I think he's the best player. I stick to my rankings. But to your point, the last couple of years, he had this time with injury. You do wonder if that's a sign of things to come. Granted, I think it's been more unlucky. Slug like at the second base, ripped up the thumb. That's unlucky. I don't think he's injury-prone all of a sudden. But yeah, you're right. You're right mind. about that.
1: But I'm going to tell you, though, I, I – I, me being me, me being a little bit of a gambler obviously and that's the thing george and that's what that's what's good you know what i mean like you're a numbers guy and numbers don't lie and that's why we like hey the daily roto guys they win uh drew dinkmeyer's of the world ricky sanders these are the guys winning like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the league you put money into these things with your lineups you're going to win but me as a little bit more of a field player more more of a gambler you got to use i use kind of both the, the computer and i think I, I like mookie betts with that park he, he's just He's phenomenal to me. I actually I would take a shot with Betts over Trout, and I know it's a little I wouldn't say like bold. Ooh, it's a bold move, but uh, you know what I mean. The production hitting at Fenway, I just think uh, you know what? That's something I think I, I would take a chance on. I really worry about Trout being out for out for time. I, I just that's something I worry about every year. It seems to happen, and uh, one of these times it's going to be a hell of a lot even even longer than before, and that would really frustrate me if I took him first overall, because I think Betts is going to play a lot and do some serious damage at Fenway in that park.
2: Listen, I, if, if I'm really good, Cam, uh, and you took uh, bets number one, I, I wouldn't. Oh my God, sorry, type of, you're, you're an idiot! Okay, yeah, I took yeah. bets number one. Yeah, you know, good yeah. for you. I think the whoever got the number two would be very happy. You know, I you know, got tried as a uh, yeah, a oh yeah, two, yeah, two, yeah, but yeah,
1: good, good. But point. It's, it's, you're it's not into something trouble.
2: that would make me go on my this radio show tomorrow and start criticizing you. It's not. Now, if you did something yeah. silly, you took Bryce Harper number one. Sure, we're gonna have a little well, talk tomorrow for idiotic. three hours. Yeah, yeah, you know? yes, we are. But, uh, like I said, in every league I've been in, bottom line is this. I've seen Trout, Betts, and Jose Ramirez. I mean, I guess there's a chance in one of these leagues it wasn't Jose Ramirez at three. I mean, but in the majority, it was Ramirez at three. The draft for me, as far as what's going on, what I've seen so far this year, begins at number four. That's when you really don't know, you know, is it Trey turned because you think he's going to steal 70 bases? Is it Max Scherzer because you want the number one pitcher off the board? I think, like I said, to me, that's where the draft starts at number four. Arenado, J.D. Martinez, you know, uh, so I think that's where the draft starts at number four for where it gets interesting.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, I'm going through like just some mocks here, and yeah, we'll talk about this on the other side. It's funny, I was looking, and said, yep, yeah, you said it, exactly it. Trout number one, Betts number two, Ramirez number three. I have uh, a couple people with Christian Yelich in the four hole. I don't think I would go in that direction. I think I'd take uh, probably Scherzer or DeGrom over Yelich. I don't know your quick opinion, and we can go, go through and talk about a couple of these guys. I wouldn't have Yelich in four. I'd probably have him around seven or eight.
2: I'm with you there. Uh, I, said, I, don't, I don't think it's something I would criticize or make fun of, but it's like I eye- but- it, would, it would raise an eyebrow. Like, oh, that's interesting. Because uh, he can, the way I look at it, I, I can't take guys off one good career year. I need you to prove it to me yes. again. So I don't even know if I would take Yelich at 8-9 personally. I don't mind other people doing it, but I don't think I could pull that trigger. There will be other more consistent guys who have done it year after year that I would just trust more.
1: Yeah, no, I'm absolutely with you, and that, thats the thing. And it's just you can't—it's—it's it, it's a small sample size, right? And baseball is one of those things that you—I I, want to see numbers over a long period of time. It's—it's a, it's a different type of sport. It's a different type of drafting process than any other leagues. I'm with you. Like, hey, not taking anything away from Christian Yelich, but in four. There's a pitchers we can get. There's guys you talk about, Trey Turner, stealing bags. There's a lot of different options. I would definitely not even have him probably in the top seven. I'd have him outside of that. We'll talk more baseball with the Colonel George Kurtz. He knows what's going on. I'm Cam Stewart. We'll go through all the board as well. we we'll have the hockey games and all sorts of stuff later on. College basketball. Stick around. It's Weekend Fantasy Update. Hey Sean, welcome back to the show. I'm Cam Stewart, we get fantasy update. Raging Redhead here with Colonel Kurtz talking a little bit about baseball, talking about the mock draft. George is saying it's three. One, two, three, locked in stone. Kraut, Betts, Ramirez, and I know we're talking about the four position, and George is absolutely right. Like, what do you do at number four? Those three are basically going to be a lock. You can go in many different directions. You want to take Max Scherzer. Some people might say DeGrom. You know, other than that, J.D. Martinez is very interesting. But you know what, George? I like your style. Maybe Trey Turner uh, with, with the stolen bags. And uh, uh, right now, I think he's going with a consensus like around, you know, six, seven, but uh, maybe – Maybe uh, Trey Turner is the play at number four there. I told you a lot of this couple of people I, I know taking Yelich, but I would not do that. I definitely flip Tur- Tur- Turner and Yelich. I put Turner in the four hole and then maybe uh, Scherzer or DeGrom after that. And you could even make a case for J.D. Martinez.
2: Yeah, in the mock I did the other day, I had, I think, the number five. And I wanted to take J.D. Martinez, but for some reason in that league, he was D.H. only. So I did. If he was outfield, it would have been an easy choice for me. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why that was in that league. I believe he qualifies for outfield. He played more. Mm. Whatever. It doesn't matter for, uh, I think we, I forget what site we were using. It uh, might have been, I know, probably CBS. Now I think about it, it was for them. So uh, it, for some reason, he didn't qualify at outfield. He was only D.H., so I stayed away. And I took Trey Turner. Now, I am generally not a speed guy in drafts and what I mean by that is I don't draft it not not when it's a one category guy who's only going to steal base you no know, so I'm not gonna have Billy Hamilton not gonna have D Gordon guys who add just nothing else you know just, their average is gonna be blah they're not going to have any power you know they'll score their runs because that's what they do but they they're stolen base guys so I generally don't draft those guys but with Trey Turner I've solved my stolen base problems not that I'm going to win the category but by him alone you're almost guaranteed top five. You know, and then you, if you do add another guy or a couple of guys who can run, do other things, you're solid. So I figured I would draft him, and I solve a storm base guy, and I'm getting a great player also. You know, it's not like he, not like I, I reached for him at five. Like you said, he's probably averages about seven. So I went up maybe two spots for him, and I have no problem doing that. And like I said, this was a mock, and I want to see what my team would look like. By taking Turner at five, did I still like my team? And I did, because he's still a top eight player, no matter how you look at it. And I solved my stolen base problem. I was able to have a couple other guys that odds are all finished top three in that category. And a 12 team league, I just guaranteed myself ten uh, double digit points, at least 10, maybe 11, 12, depending on how things work out. So I do like, I mean, I wouldn't take him at one, two, three, and four would be the earliest I'd go for Trey Turner. But my bottom line is this this is why you do mocks, by the way, to find out how your team looks at the end. I liked how my team looked with a Trey Turner audit, it solved my, my stolen base issue.
1: Yeah. I, the question I have, too, is with, you know, we let people that are tried, tested and true. You look at, you know, veteran pitchers. I'm looking at Verlander, though, like where do you where do you put a, a guy like uh, Justin Verlander in these drafts? Like you're looking, George, like, hey, he's been doing he's like tick, 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 tick. He keeps on going and going and going. But, man, he's not a young guy anymore. It's kind of, you know, but, you know, baseball things, things can turn on a dime. Huh? I just don't generally where, where would you put him and do you think he can still get the same uh, type of production? He's going uh, now would I do drafts? The first Late round, third? I, no,
2: <laughs> you wish He's going second round every league. Everything is going second round right? because what's happening is in round one Scherzer and DeGrom are going sometimes sail at the bottom of round yeah. one or top of round two, but that, that's where they're going. in Every draft I've done, and once again, I'm talking about twelve team leagues. For those who are wondering,
1: yeah, I, I was a, uh, I was doing like a ten team, ten team league here, ten. Well, so we, yeah, we, maybe I'll
2: talk twelve. Most leagues are twelve teams, so we'll talk okay. twelve. If I'm, if I'm talking a ten team league or a fifteen or higher, then I'll say that specifically. But uh, like I said. DeGrom and Scherzer are definitely going in the first 8-10 picks. Sometimes they'll go at 11-12 on the turn, somewhere around there, but certainly at the top of the second round. And then it's really dealer's choice between Verlander and Noel. And uh, I know leagues I've been in, my first-round pick is almost always best player available, which usually a hitter. You know, usually I'm taking a hitter. And then my point is, in the second round, I've been getting Verlander in so many of these mocks and real drafts. Because he's always, I'm, I seem to always have a... Middle to late second round pick, and by then shares at the ground sale, and maybe Nola are already gone. So my choice is made for me. Got to take Verlander because I don't want to wait to the third round to get my first pitcher. Because then Verlander will be gone. Cole's probably gone, and Kluber's probably gone. You know, then I'd have to make a choice. Do I believe in Snell for another year? Do I think Thor can make a comeback? Severino's already hurt. You know, Carrasco. But you know, those guys are not really guys I want to trust to be the ace of my team. So I've been taking Verlander. But to your point, yeah, he's up there in age. It is his free agent year. It's contract year. He'll be a free agent after the season. So I think that's some motivation there. Uh, do I worry about injury? Sure. Every pitcher is one pitch away from Tommy John. One pitch what you, ne- you never know. So I try not to let it be the overriding concern of me unless a pitcher has a history of it. Like there's no chance right now I'll have Clayton Kershaw on any one of my teams. Not unless he's available around 8, 9, 10, where, okay, the value is worth it. I'll take a shot. But uh, the problem with Kershaw for me or someone like him, He's hurt every year. He's already hurt. He's, you know, does anybody really not think he's not going to suffer another yep. injury at some point this season?
1: we I mean, we're, I, you told that. me, you told me before. Sorry, to interrupt, George. You told me before you're going to take him off his board. Where did, where, where is he going? I guess is people, there's people that you're dealing with, not afraid of it, saying, ah, it's just the preseason. Everything's going to be okay. I, I'm not worried. Like, where, where is he going? Basically, right now, high end and low end. No, he's dropped. Even in,
2: even in the mocks, he's dropped. People are, are aren't buying it at all. I've seen him go as early as round six, and as late as round eleven. Mm, wow, think about that. Round eleven. I mean, round, 11. Round,
1: round eleven. I gotta take a shot. I. 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 Always, round eleven, though. Come on. That's. Not, I gotta. That jump was when the that. interview. You first gotta happened. jump on that. Yeah. So
2: people people right. got nervous when it first happened <laughs> Need to drop, but you're right. Even I should have pounced on that probably around 9ish. I just yeah. I don't remember who I took instead, but there must have been other players there like, oh, I just can't pass this up," not for a guy who I know is going to get hurt. But I look back on it now looking, oh, "Damn it. Probably should have taken. I don't think I I don't know if he's an ace anymore, but you probably still get a nice solid 2-3 guy for that late. The value is certainly there, and uh, yeah, I do beat myself up a little bit for not taking him probably
1: in around 9ish. You saw that story too, George. I know we're talking about, uh, you know, not using the start of the bullpen. Tampa Bay obviously made it very famous last year. There was actually a story last week about the Yankees starting to do something like that and we talk about the Yankees we love their bullpen this is your team George it's basically at five inning game they got a lead I'm basically going to say awesome <laughs> awesome or if they're down I'm going to be ooh live betting in great situations where we can get a good number with the team that has basically one of the best bullpens if not the, in baseball and uh, they can really lock down any game at any time but with Severino the injury I don't think uh, you said good 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 end. He'll probably be back ready to play, but who knows? In baseball, it's things are very fickle. Injuries, small ones can turn into big ones, and he could be out for a while. This team is talking about, you know, just basically doing re- relief style stuff the way Tampa Bay did. Do you think this is actually going to happen uh, for a team like the Yankees to do something like this?
2: I doubt it. Now, listen, I don't think you're going to see Severino yeah. until uh, May. I doubt you'll see. I mean, he's will him down for yeah. two weeks now, which puts him uh, – I mean, everything works perfectly. Let's just say everything goes right right as the Yankees believe it will, which it never does, but let's say it does. They say he's going to be shut down with two weeks, puts him back around May 20th, and he's going to start all over again, which means it'll take him at least a month. So that's now he's talking April 20th, and that's if things run perfectly. So I'll say things don't run perfectly, and the earliest we see him is May. You know, and once again, the Yankees also don't need to push him. You and uh, I think you and I and Gabe we talked about this on uh, Tuesday. Yankees games to open the season: three at Baltimore, uh three for Baltimore, three for Detroit. Then they're at yeah. Baltimore for three. Then they do get Houston for three. What a, then they get what a schedule! <laughs> right? The White Sox, yeah. okay, the White Sox are three. Then they play Boston for two. Then they're at Can- uh, Kansas City for three. I mean, they, it's not tough. Now, granted, I think this is going to be true for almost every team because the American League you have five, six good teams. The other nine are terrible. You know, that's the way the American League is right now. You know, Yankees, Boston, also Tampa Bay is a good team. Uh, Minnesota, short solid. Cleveland, good. Houston, you want to throw Oakland in there? Okay, but everyone else bad. You know, So that's, that's the way the schedule is going to be for a lot of teams. So I don't see the Yankees panicking here and really feeling the need to push Severino. And now CeCe Sabathia is also out. He's barely pitched right now, so he's not going to start the season. The Yankees have already said he'll probably start the season on the DL, and then he'll have to serve a five-game suspension. So you're not going to see him till mid-April. But they got Jonathan Lasagna. I'm going to call him Lasagna. That's what his name looks like. So. Lasagna. Now, yeah. It's a lasagna, yeah, a little lasagna.
1: lasagna. Me too, I'm for I'm craving oh, it actually, man, dude. There's I would kill uh, fresh for lasagna. lasagna compared to like a, a, a frozen one. It's like there's nothing better. Like I, I, one of these days, I'm actually going to tackle lasagna. Like I can cook, George, but it's a lot of process with the noodles and the layering and stuff. It's one of those things it's I don't have enough ass. time. But God, I love I love homemade lasagna. Hey, it got me thinking now too. I get some garlic bread. I like if I don't
2: put any money on any games today, I get free. I get a free dinner, a free food all day. So I. Can get some lasagna, uh, but
1: I'm, I'm, I'm still going to ask your opinions though when we go through the board, buddy. You, you can still tell me what you like. Uh, you don't have to bet them, but uh, you know, me oh, I'll want to want to hear what you're what you're betting. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'll have a lineup. Line got
2: picks. Listen, I can still set a lineup. I just can't look on my phone. I'll have to wait till the end of the night. I can still do it. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just uh, debating if I should. Uh, Follow the spirit of the uh, of the law or whatever, they, whatever you want to call it they're doing. But anyways, for the Yankees, you could have Lasagna, lasagna and Domingo Germán be your fourth and fifth starters. You'll be fine. I already named the teams you're playing here. You talk about these guys can't beat Baltimore, Detroit, you know, the White Sox, Kansas City. Come on. They'd be fun, just fine with those guys here. So I don't think the Yankees have to do it. They may decide to screw around with it to see how it works out, but they don't have to do it. They're not going to do it on games that like Tanaka pitches or Paxton pitches. You know, could I see them doing it on a deferred on a, domingo Germán or Lausanne and having a start open up? Chad Green a couple of innings and then go from there? Okay, I could, but I don't think they will. Like I said, I, I doubt they will. They won't feel the need. Now, if they suffer another injury, you know, then we're going to be talking a little different here. You know, they're really stuck here, but right now they do have enough depth to get by here. You know, they can schedule this rotation to make sure that neither Loscagna or uh, Domingo German are playing that uh, in those Boston games. They play Boston two games, only a two-game series, the 16th and 17th. Yeah, which means they're off on the Monday. You can easily schedule your rotation around those two. So I'm not as worried about the Yankees with what's going on, assuming Severino's injury is just some inflammation and he'll be fine by May. You know, there's nothing wrong with shortening the season for him, too. You know, once again, it'll keep him uh, healthy, it'll keep him uh, a little fresher. But if this ends up being more severe, well, then this is a completely different topic of conversation.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about another player where I said uh, I think a lot of people reaching reaching for Yelich, I wouldn't take him at four. Uh, that's definitely, I'd, I'd probably wait till probably eight, but I'm thinking about uh, one great player for the Braves. Everyone's been talking about the Phillies and that division, we talk about it, George, it's going to be a slobber knocker. These teams are going to kill each other. What about Ronald Asuna Jr.? Uh, where, where do you have him basically kind of hovering around the Trey Turner, Trey Turner, Nolan, Arenado uh, range there, but this kid's an absolute stud and uh, probably going to get better
2: you know in that dynasty uh what's not a dynasty? that heavy keeper league i talked about before uh yeah. I, I i looked us uh, because i was talking trade with somebody so i looked in past drafts like i said we, we auctioned the first 23 players and then uh, the last 17 the minor leaguers and the reserves we have a, a regular snake draft and i realized that i missed the kuna by one pick and when i say i missed them i had to pick above so i chose somebody above akuna and I'm like, I'm still hating myself for that right now, because that's gonna that's gonna cost me for a long it half the time. It It does. <laughs> I mean, they were minor leaguers, so you don't really know at the time. I took Blake Rutherford. Uh, I mean, listen, he was supposed to be a good play hitter for the Yankees as well. Maybe I went home team there, but uh, that's a huge mistake by me that I I uh, really can't make. Uh, so I'm I'm not happy about that. That being said, I don't think I'm gonna have a Cooner on too many of my teams, and the reason is. Uh, that I, I just follow this logic with most things, uh, early picks. I don't take too many chances, and I like to see guys do it more than one year. And right now he had one great year, and he was fantastic, no doubt. I'm going to need to see you do it again before I spend a second-round pick on you. And that's where, where he's going here. I'm a conservative drafter in the early rounds with my high picks. I like guys who I know exactly what they're going to do. I have an idea what is going to do, and I do believe in the talent. But there'll be other players in that second round. You know, that I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to feel better about taking. Uh, I mean, once again, he's going late first round, top second round there. I'd rather have Yelich, rather have you know, Aaron Judge, Aaron uh, guys like that who I know who I just know what they're going to do here. It's not really a knock. I would take Manny Machado, Bryce Harper uh, over him. Uh, first base is, even though I think he's better than uh, maybe any first baseman, the problem is first base is so, it's not deep this year at all. And you can argue, you mm-hmm. get the, the Freeman, Goldschmidt, and Rizzo. Man, it gets real scary real quick because then the next tier is really Bellinger. Vaught and Bellinger had a bad year this year. Can Votto rebound at the last year? What do you think about Jose Abreu? And I'm just going down the list here. You know, it gets real scary. So in around. second round, even if Acuna was available, I'd probably lean more towards the first baseman to solve that issue as far as position
1: scarcity. I'm looking, George, at some box, and this is, this is crazy to me. Nolan Arenado, uh, I have him in some mocks going 10th. That is an absolute steal, I think, at that position. If you can get that guy at 10, like, I'd be high-fiving myself. Like, that's I, – I would have to assume he'd go around 7, 8. Like, to get him at 10, I think, is an absolute steal. Your take? I took him in a draft the
2: other day, and uh, I don't remember the exact pick I had. It wasn't 10, and it wasn't 11, 12 either. It was in the middle, yeah. so it had to be uh, 5, 6, or 7, somewhere six? around there. But he was yeah. – it might have been 6. Uh, actually, it was 6 because I, I, I was making a comment that I love 6 because – I mean, listen, I'd rather have number 1, but I like 6 because it's right in the middle. You know, so the whole draft, I'm right in the middle. Too. I not be on the end of any long runs, so I like. I agree. To I, I feel. I,
1: I feel the same way about football, buddy. I, like you know what I mean? Like I hate it when I like you're number one and two. I'm like God. I just want to be in the middle because you don't want it at the end in the snake. It's like, eh. I kind of got the guys I want. Every time I won a fantasy championship, I've been in the middle. I get the guys I want. Ding, ding. It's perfect. It works out. I just being in the middle to me is such a better, better place than front or back. The middle's great. The problem
2: is, uh. Numbers will tell you. I mean, of of all the leagues that are done, you know, ESPN does this every year, and every year it's always the same. Uh, if you feel, have the first pick you have the best chance of winning second pick second best chance I mean that's the way it works out
1: yeah you know
2: where yeah. so I get it but if I don't get the first pick or two or pick a really high pick then I want the middle I don't want some people like 12 13 I like the book ends and pick twice I don't want no no I want I'll take right in the middle 12 team league five six seven fine and the, my main, main reason is that I don't have to it could still happen of course because you're still waiting 12 picks to go maybe 14 depending on which one you are but generally the odds of being on the wrong end of a run are, you know, in your favor, where you don't have to worry about it. Oh, my God, you know, seven first basemen just went and I got screwed. You know, everybody I wanted in that tier is now gone. uh, Once again, it can still happen, but odds are really more in your favor that it won't, where if you're at the bookends, it's the exact opposite. You're not going with 23 picks. You might get screwed. You might lose several players that you, uh, or several tiers at different positions that you wanted here. It's more strategic when you're at the bookends. I just feel safer picking when I'm in the middle, where I can just go follow my draft and play more of a BPA best player available at uh, each time I go.
1: Hey, George. Yeah. Before we hit the break, I know it's uh Scherzer definitely pro- uh, number one seems to be in most Degrom Number two out of these guys out of basically going back to back to back and some of these drafts sale, Garrett Cole or Nola. Who does George Colonel Kurtz take out of those three guys? Cause they're very, very close.
2: Sales going over those guys in almost all of a but I can't take him. I just can't. Uh, the one league I thought about it, he I got sniped. He went right before me. Uh, my problem with Sale is very simple. He, every season we're seeing him wear down. He needs a break during the season. They'll put him on the Red Sox will put him on a deal for two weeks. if he's not really hurt, to give him that break and then he wears down. We saw it last year. The fastball wasn't there. Pitched great in the playoffs. Really, he was a pitcher more than a thrower. Um, I'll take Cole. I just like Cole Houston Houston. I like Nola in that band box in Philadelphia. And also, I think that division's rough. He's going to face a lot of top competition, Braves, Mets, and Nationals there. Give me uh, Cole, but that's a coin flip. Anybody who wants to take Nola, I have no argument with it.
1: There he is, the Colonel, George Kurtz. We're breaking down the MLB Fantasy Draft. We'll go over the board, too, and give you some updated scores. I'm Cam Stewart. He's George Kurtz. This is the Weekend Fantasy and Betting
0: Update.
1: very much sean sean angle i'm cam stewart george kurtz breaking down the fantasy uh, baseball mock draft right now getting colonel kurtz's take he's in a lot of drafts more more so than anybody he's got uh, four or five on the go right now i'm just asking george uh, who he likes and we were talking about uh, some uh, potential steals like in the first round there nolan arenado and some drafts going like nine or ten that's a that's a little bit deep for him we talked about you know Yelich going at four, eee, a little bit too high for me. I would have probably put him or probably in the seven, eight hole, maybe even nine, getting the pitch pitchers. We're talking about Scherzer going first overall Degrom, And then George said, basically at a sale, Cole and Nola, yeah, Nola, great pitcher, but in a tough park when things heat up in Philadelphia. That, is, that park's a bandbox. Bars Balls are going to fly meow, in and out of there real fast. Cole and Houston in the best situation. And Sale, despite pitching a lot, you know, there'll be probably some injury there. So Kurt's leaning with Cole. Um, yeah, I guess, George, when we're breaking it down, too, what are you going to do with the relievers? I know you're saying that we can wait for a reliever. Um, you know, in the deep rounds, but you also want to get a good one. And a lot of teams we know, they start with one guy and they leave and you can eventually pick guys up off the waiver wire if you're paying attention. But uh, what are you going to do? Who's who's the first reliever that you're going to take uh, off the board? Who And where do you take them, I guess, in, in your league? You're talking 12-man. Uh, would it be uh, Edwin Diaz for the, for the Mets, probably the first guy to go there? Who's, who's on your radar when you're looking at a reliever? And when do you finally say, I'm pouncing, I'm taking one? Closes are death. I mean, they're, they're just death. And what I mean by that is,
2: listen, I've been writing the closer report for Rotor experts forever. And every year, it's the same thing. Every year. We have 30 closers in baseball. By July 1st, half that have the job right now won't have the job exactly. anymore. <laughs> and, yeah, and this is every true. year. There will be injuries. I mean, it's probably the most volatile position in sports because you blow two saves. I don't care who you are. You blow two saves, everyone's calling for your head. The media hates you. The fans forget about it. You know, they're open they're arms here. You blew two saves. You just caused us two wins. You think about it. It's the ninth inning. You know, you're three outs away. You know and you couldn't get it done. And that's all the fans see. You know, you just couldn't get it done. You know, if it had and any other inning, think about it. Just, it was a relief pitch. You gave up two runs in the sixth inning. Okay. For a couple, of, even for three, four, all right, it happens. But a ninth inning, you know, they, they're out for blood. So it's, it's a very tough position. It is. Now, how I handle it, listen, there aren't enough closes out there. There really aren't. How, how many closes do you think we trust, Cam? Training, Diaz, Jansen, Chapman, Vasquez, I trust
1: Diaz, Fasuna? Jansen. Yeah, you're right. Yep, There's about seven or eight. That's or eight. That's
2: it. There's about seven or eight. You know, maybe not even that. I mean, some of these guys, we're being nice by saying we trust. So what I generally do is I want one guy I trust. Um, but I'm not going to be the first to take them. I will take if I'm on the wrong end of a run, I'm on the wrong end of a run. You know, but I'll wait till they start to go off the board, probably 3 or 4. So I'm not going to have training, Diaz, Chapman, uh, Jansen, probably won't have those guys unless once again I see a couple go and I just have to be the next pick. So around round 6, that's when I start to look. I think okay, you know, now you got to pay attention to the closes here. What's going on here? I want one guy that I trust. So let's say I end up uh, with uh, Osuna. You know, I understand he has his own DO. Uh, however, people feel, and this is a really a, a different topic here, but you need to separate. If you're in a money league, in a league you want to win, a competitive league, you need to separate feelings about how you feel about a player. And this includes your fandom. You can't not take Red Sox because you're a Yankee fan or not take Mets because you're a That's, Yankee I agree. fan. That's silly. That's you know, a big for money. mistake. Right. And you can't not take guys who you think are scum of the earth because they got suspended for DV and beating up women. I understand it's a tricky slope, but if you want to win money, you got to take that out of your head. you got to play it neutral. Uh, so let's say I ended up with Osuna. He, he was one of my uh, my, my guy. I, I trust, and I do trust him this year. All right, so hey, I got my one star closer. My second closer will be from the next level here. Of guys, hopefully someone who's fallen, you know, maybe Corey Kniebel, who seems to be going late. Because people remember he got replaced, but he was back to being dynamite in the playoffs. I I'm, I have no problem with Corey Knievel this year. I think he'll be just uh, fine. Josh Hader, I, listen, I love Hader as well, but I think the Brewers like his yep. setup role because he can pitch four outs, five outs, and they like that. It's a bigger bridge. So I think he stays there, although Hader has uh, fantasy value in his own because he can protect your uh, your ratios and add you strikeouts. So let's say I had a Knie- and if I hit then I'm thrilled. And then later on in my draft, you know, 18, 19, let's see who falls. Right now, Jordan Hicks is falling, and I don't understand why. The man throws a thousand an hour. He's gonna, go earlier. he's gonna go earlier. He's just gonna go earlier. Yeah. He, uh, he's somebody. He would be in that. Uh, and uh, uh, he might even be the sooner. major people trust him, but I think he goes in more in the. Uh, He'll have like to be a second. The second one you take. I have no problem with it, unless you think. And here's the uh, here's the problem. Where's Kimball going? He's gonna screw somebody over.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. And there was a story today too. They just to, just to reiterate that, George. Good. Thank you for uh, reminding me and bringing it up. Yeah, both of those teams that we talked about uh, earlier. I'm seeing a report just from uh, basically last night, yesterday. It says. Uh, um, with MLB less than uh, three weeks away, it remains unclear which team will sign closer Craig Kimbrell. The Washington Nationals and Atlanta Braves were reportedly interested in 30-year-old, but both teams are no longer in on him. Multiple sources telling Jim Bowden from The Athletic. Uh, report surfaced Tuesday that the Nationals are unwilling to give Kimbrell a deal that would push the team's payroll above the luxury tax threshold again. Washington was penalized in 2017 and 2018. Although MLB's active saves leader helped the Boston Red Sox win the World Series last year, the team appears to be ready to move on from him the philadelphia phillies also reportedly showed interest in Kimbrell this winter following bryce harper's mega deal however they are like unlikely to sign the closer unless he's willing to accept a short-term deal yeah so basically this guy's got a lot of uh you know th- things that look like things were going to happen and now they're not happening unbelievable yeah we're starting baseball in a few weeks george Kimbrell's still not around he might not so, you got to think somebody's going to take a chance on him though just not the teams we thought
2: it's, it's a strange situation about why he's still not signed. I mean, he wasn't very good last year, especially at the end of last year. Remember in the playoffs? Yeah. They didn't trust him. They went, they went to yep. sale over exactly. him to close out the World I Series. I know. So there were some legitimate issues there with him. Uh, I still think he's going to the National League he's, East. I think it's where he's going to end up. Uh, I don't think it'll be the Mets. I think it'll be one of the nope. other three teams. Uh, I've had my theories about the Phillies for a while. I know, I know I've said it multiple times that the Phillies would sign one of Machado and Harper, and then once that happened, they would sign either Kimbrell or Keichel. And I still think that's going to happen there. But like I said, someone's going to get screwed. Because if he goes to Washington, well, those people who drafted Doolittle, you're screwed. Goes to Philly. Robertson, screwed. Goes to Atlanta, which it looks like he's not going to go now. But Viscaino, screwed. You know, and that's why it's a— uh, he he's he's a big big gamble, because uh, I wonder, you know, I haven't drafted him yet. But we will ask this to Ian Khan. Ian Khan from Rotowire is going to be joining us at uh, the second segment in the, uh, of a third hour. We'll ask Ian Khan what he would do with Kate uh, Craig Campbell and Dallas Keuchel for that matter about where he would draft them or if he would draft these guys. Uh, I don't know if I would draft Keuchel. But Craig Kimbrell, he's going to be a closer for somebody eventually, and he's a guy you know. If he's up to, uh, if he's back to being the pitcher he was, there was maybe an injury last year that he's over now. That's a top closer you can trust that you don't you can grab very late, and no one's really touched because everyone's worried now. No one one knows where he's going to be. He's going to sign with somebody, can and more importantly, I don't see him signing with the team and not being the closer. I don't see the Yankees signing him and all of a sudden he's going to be the seventh inning guy. Behind Britton, Batallas, and everybody else, they have that. that's not. He's going to close. for not somebody. a set,
1: He's the closer. He's the closer. He has to be. He's 100%. not
2: going to sign. He's not going to sign with a team to be a setup man. So I feel okay with drafting him. My issue now becomes: All right, it's March 9th. He probably right. If he signed today. He could probably get ready for the regular season. But you know, it's in the middle of next week. Next weekend. Well, then he's going to miss some time. You know, that, that makes you wonder. What there about as the well.
1: Padres, George? What about the Padres?
2: Yeah, you know, they, they've got Kirby Yates. But the problem is for the Padres, A, he's already been there, right? So I don't know if, he will, if they want to have him back. Yeah. Uh, and B, they're really – they're probably – they need another year. I think they need a little bit more cooking before they truly can compete mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. Yeah, the simmer simmer the, yeah, simmer the
1: sauce. Yeah. Simmer the sauce. some more flavors in there. It yes, always
2: comes yes. back yes. to food for, with us, Cam. Always back to food. It does, George. Uh, so they, they need a little it simmering does. there before they do that. So I don't think they'll sign him. I don't. Uh, if it's my guess – I think the Phillies are waiting in the weeds, yeah, just for that price to come
1: down. I still think it's Philadelphia. See, it's funny you mentioned that, George. I'm uh, simmering some sausages. I'm actually, after the show, I might go hit the supermarket and try that lasagna. Like, you got it in my head right now, and uh, I'm going to give it a shot. It's, uh, it's, it's a long day. You know, I'm going to be betting some games, and might as well pop a lasagna in the oven and uh, hope for the best. What about LeClerc? He signed a good deal uh, this week. It was a nice move by the Rangers, uh, uh, a good pitcher uh, for, for them. I know they're not a very good uh, team, per se, but uh, he's an interesting player. Uh, guy, too, as well. I think he's going to be one of those guys that will be the closer for Texas. Where do you uh, rank him? Like, probably in the, what are you thinking, p- 12th round, maybe?
2: Somewhere in there, maybe even later. Like I said, I've seen closers. It's, it's a weird close the mm-hmm. year because there are so many guys who you just don't know, you don't trust, that are going later and later. I was able to have to get Hicks in a, uh, this, in a real league in round 19 which was, like, shocking to me. I was like, wow, okay. And I didn't even close. I just had no choice. I'll, I'll make sure someone else doesn't have a closer. So I just found that surprising. So you might be able to get him a little later. A little surprised the Rangers signed him for a guy who's right now done it yeah. one year. Let's see you do it again before you give up that kind of contract, especially as you said. They're not going to be all that great a team. You know, they, they have some issues there in Texas. They're not going anywhere this year. But he signs the big contract of, what, 14 – almost $15 million for four years, which is, like I said, a little surprising for me. But they ate up some of his arbitration years. So good for them. We'll see if it works. But you're right. He's a uh, – that close I would put probably clo- closer to – I'd rather have him be my number three than my number two because I don't trust him completely there. But he's another guy. I think he'll be one of the 15 that doesn't have a job on July 1st.
1: Do you think Wade Davis will be um, Colorado's guy? Like, are, are they? do you think they're going to stick? He's not. He, he's not, he's getting a little long on the tooth. Like, he's very, very effective. But, you know, that's that's kind of an interesting situation. Tough plays to be a closer to in Colorado. What's your uh, take on Wade Davis there, George?
2: Well, Wade Davis, uh, okay, everybody panics about Colorado pitches because of the ratios. Listen, if you're in a head-to-head league, I get it. He has that one bad outing. Okay, you're screwed. But in a rotisserie league, uh, you can get away with that. I have no problem with Wade Davis there. remember, They don't have... The guys who might take a shot, Ottavino's not there anymore. He was always the guy we were waiting to take over the job. But he's with the Yankees. He looked great up,
1: this week. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, it's early, deep, deep. but man, those those strikeouts, George. Like I, and and what's it's one of those things he could look at preseason and you know spring training. Ah, oh, okay. But just the way the pitches, that guy's got filthy stuff went on. Like I've always loved Adam Ottavino. I think he's I think he's so good. Like I I love that guy. I think he's got amazing stuff. And the Yankees bullpen is absolutely lights out scary to me. It's it's nuts how good it is.
2: Yeah, Atavino has, uh, he's got a slider from hell. Maybe he could strike out Babe with a thousand times. Who knows? Uh, but I said, there's nobody in Colorado's bullpen now to take that job from Davis. There really isn't. I mean, uh, Scott Oberg, Siong Juan Oh? No, that's not happening. So Davis is fine. His job is secure. That's a... A good Colorado—they're not, not a great team. They're a good, solid Colorado team there. So Wade Davis is, uh, the, uh, as far as closes, a number two for me. Uh, not a guy I'm totally in love with, but the next level down. I'd have no problem. Wade Davis is one of my closers, with the exception of possibly, like I said, in a head-to-head league, where those outings were in Colorado where he is giving up three or four runs, could cost you uh, that week. It certainly could.
1: You're right, George. We'll talk uh, a little more baseball on the other side. But just one guy I wanted to talk to you about, in my opinion, because he pitches in Colorado going way, way too late Kyle Freeland. I thought Freeland had a pretty good year last year, and I'm seeing like 14th round type stuff. Like that's Kyle Freeland is good. Like he was, even in that ballpark, he pitched really, really well. I think uh, people should sleep on that guy. I think he's a little bit underrated.
2: Well, with Freeland, it comes down to, do you believe? And, uh, does, there are certain uh, owners, they're not taking any Colorado starters. It doesn't matter who. Yeah, they're yeah. just not going. And I, I'm one of those people, by the way. I don't know if I've ever, ever drafted a Colorado starter. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I probably have, but I don't remember it. And I let you know, <laughs> it's been a very small amount if, if I have done that. And Freeland, some people point out, well, he got lucky last year. He doesn't strike out a lot of batters. Puts a lot of balls in play. So can he do that again? You know, and that could be an issue here. So uh, I'm not surprised about his ADP, that it's around round 12, round 14. Not surprised at all. I like I, said, I think when it comes to Colorado pitches, you, you can sort of move that up a couple of rounds, and that's probably where he should go because, once again, people are giving him uh, the cold shoulder because he pitches in Colorado. But like I said, his, his underlying numbers – and once again, it's one year, so you take this with a grain of salt. But his underlying numbers will tell you maybe he wasn't quite as good last year as the the, the final numbers ended up being here. You know, So I, I'd be careful for Kyle Finley. Once again, he had a 7.7 strikeout K-9 ratio. That's average at best. So that's not that good and for fantasy leagues. We need strikeouts. We want strikeouts. So I think that's our biggest worry here. Too many balls in play in Colorado tends to be a bad thing.
1: Who on George Colonel Kurtz's list, like who is a deep, deep sleeper? I know I don't want to give you away, like you're drafting people and you're listening going, oh, okay, but uh, you're, you're the expert there, George. i got to ask you, like just a guy that you think, and when you're looking at draft boards saying, wow, I can't believe he's going this late. Like a guy that you like a hell of a lot more than other people, other experts in the industry. Somebody that you have targeted that's kind of like going, wow, man, I, I, I have him way up here and he's down here. Who are a couple of those uh,
2: type of guys there, George? Um, oh, we all have guys like this, and it doesn't bother me naming these guys. Uh,
1: half the people do not remember. Okay, anyway. good. That's what I like so about. I that's have, what I like about you, George. Like we're giving out picks. This is, what, this is what we do. You know what I mean? No one's stealing anything. It's just uh, asking your advice on uh, deep sleepers, and everyone's got a different opinion on different players, right? So I just want right. to get your take on some guys that you on your board are a hell of a lot. You have higher rank than most consensus guys in expert leagues.
2: We all have guys, guys that uh, flag players. I think some people call them, whatever it might be. Guys you're willing to die with, which is really what it comes down to. Noam Mazzara is one of those guys for me. I have him way too many leagues. I, I just believe that maybe this will be the year he puts it all together. It looked like for a while it might be last year, then he fell apart. But he's a guy I believe in that this, this will be the year, damn it. Uh, this will be the year he's going to put it all together here. And maybe he does and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he ticks me off where it doesn't work out here. Other guys I like maybe more than others – uh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to bank on, uh, I think Rafael Devers is going to have a monster season. Once again, this kid came up so young, so young. I'm looking at a third-base rankings, right? Now. He's 17th. I think he's going to have a, a bang-up year. Where well, he's certainly going to return value for that. You can get him, his ADP is in the 120s, and I think he can return top 75 player here. So he's a guy I'm going to have on, on a lot of my teams. I tend to bank on players also. If I'm going to take a chance, take a chance on guys playing in small ballparks. You know, Femway, Colorado. Everybody gets on Colorado. Texas, you know, Mazzara, Texas. Ball flies out of there. Yankee Stadium for uh, left-handers. I would take chances on those guys as well. But, uh, like I said, Devers, I think, is somebody looking at the list. Donaldson, I think he re- rebounds in at Atlanta. I think he'll have a nice season. Cano with the Mets. He is a top 100 player, but he's someone I also believe in here. And I think there's going to be more bat. Uh, uh, Jonathan Scope for Minnesota. I kind of like a lot of the uh, Twins, by the way. I like Scope. I, I, I like Scope. I, I like, like Kepler. I like Kepler as well. I think that team's going to rebound. Scope and Kepler are two guys. I wouldn't say I'm targeting, but I do mind getting them late.
1: George, the Colonel Kurtz, bullish on the Minnesota Twins. We'll be right back. We'll talk uh, maybe uh, for a few minutes with the Prince. Give us a preview of this week's NASCAR. We'll go over that, but the big uh, race is on Sunday. We'll also talk more baseball and go over all the betting lines. It's the Weekend Fantasy and Betting Update. I'm Cam Stewart. He's George Kurtz. We're back after this.